Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're going to want to stick around because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm going to give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. So welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest. If you're watching on YouTube, she is already on the screen, but if you're listening, it is Kelly Swingler. She's an empowerment coach to C-suite executive women and a burnout prevention advisor to boards and leadership teams. After her own burnout in 2013, she's been on a mission to stop others from having to experience the same thing. Her coaching and workshops help to empower women to live and lead from their core, create boundaries, and take time for themselves. And her advisory services help you identify risks and working practices in your organization that could lead to chronic stress and burnout for you and your people. Kelly is also an author of many published books, and her latest one is Mind the Gap. I love that so much. It makes me think of London. Mind the Gap, a story of burnout, breakthrough, and beyond, which is available on Amazon. And she is also an amazing podcaster with her own podcast that is called Core Led Women. And it's about just that. Core Led Women, which means women who know who they are, that have boundaries, and take time for themselves. And these things empower them, which then helps them empower other people. And of course, last but not least, she also teaches yoga once a week. So she's a superwoman and doing all of these amazing things. Welcome, Kelly. We're so excited to have you. Thank you very much for the invite. It's lovely to be talking to you. It's lovely to talk to you too. I was looking at your like your profile and your everything and I was like, wait a sec, is she talking about burnout and writing a bunch of books and doing YouTube and doing podcasting and teaching yoga? Like, I'm I'm excited to dive into it. <laughs> Yeah, and all, all of that, that's me slowing down, right? That, that's me actually working slower than I did prior to 2013. I cannot imagine what 2013 looked like. So we can start there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> You're also a mom to two sons, right? And a, and a dog? Yeah, so I've got uh, twin sons, and then I've got two stepsons, and then my dog, and yeah. That's a lot, it's a lot. Life as we know it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about your story a little bit. So when did you become an entrepreneur? So I left corporate at the back end of 2013, something that I never, ever thought I would do. Um, I think I was definitely going to be a corporate lifer and I knew at what age I was going to retire and like every, like kind of every 10 years, what position I'd be in and the size of organization that I'd be working in. But I, I think actually it was as a result of my burnout in 2013 and some additional training that I'd been doing. And I was on a workshop and being asked repeatedly, like one of my favorite, well, my favorite question, which is the who are you question. And I was being asked that over and over and over and over and over again in this workshop and just found myself saying, and I want my own business. And I was like, uh, no, I don't like, I don't know where that's come from. That's not me. Uh, but really kind of started to, to dig into that. And I think with a lot of the stuff that I had been doing in corporate, I think I just started to realize that I could create bigger impact on a larger scale 
if I was working outside of organizations. So yeah, I started my first consultancy back in 2014. Uh, that's now still going, but actually my partner's now taken that over. So he manages all of that and all of the team. He's made some changes within that. And then, uh, yeah, just over a year ago, I set up Kelly Swingler Limited to just focus on all of the stuff that, that I'm doing now. So yeah, love it. That's so awesome. Absolutely love that's it. so beautiful. And you're helping so many people. So what did that burnout look like for you? Like, when did you know you were hitting burnout and, and like, how did it impact your life? As I look but I mean, at the time, I didn't know I was approaching it. I just thought, you know, I was I was in a really senior role within an organization. I was, you know, kind of working with the like the most senior group of, of leaders within the organization. And I suppose I just thought that being paid the level of salary that I was being paid and having the title that I had and working in an organization of that size and managing a team as large as I had, um, right, you just work additional hours and th- there comes a bit of extra stress with it, you know, but yeah. I I would, I didn't ever think I would get to the point of burnout. And I don't think, I, uh, I don't, I think I knew I was, off, I was working at a different level, but I wouldn't, I think at the time I wouldn't have even said I was like stressed. Mm-hmm. I just had more responsibility and was feeling a bit more stressful at times and then it was the January of 2013 um, I'd gone back into the office I had lots and lots of projects that I was dealing with it was kind of first couple of days back really after the the kind of Christmas and New Year break and sat in a meeting one day and just got this ridiculous like ridiculously awful stomach cramps Mm. where I, I just couldn't stand up straight could not stand because the pain was pain was so bad and the people that I was I was kind of in meetings with I was on a panel doing interviews and the rest of the panel were like Kelly you've got to go home I was like no you know I was HR director and any good HR director knows the importance of keeping panels strict and ensuring that there's consistency across interviews and and all, all of those sorts of things so I refused to go home I struggled this was on the Wednesday I struggled to go into work again on the Thursday I struggled into work again on Friday and in the Friday on commuting home, I had passed out in the toilet on the train, um, not realising until I kind of hit my head on the sink, got myself back to my seat, managed to get off at my station. And thankfully, a friend of mine had been on the same train a few carriages back. She literally kind of rushed up behind me and was like, what's wrong? And I just almost kind of collapsed. So her and her husband took me straight to the hospital. Her husband was picking her up from the station. They took me straight to the hospital. The hospital didn't know what was going on. And that just became this repeated cycle for kind of seven months. I would be in this excruciating pain constantly, really, really struggling to cope at any level with anything but just felt I needed to be pushing harder and working harder yeah and kept getting admitted to hospital because the pain was getting so unbearable and I couldn't stand and I couldn't lift anything and it was it was just ridiculous and then in the July this was kind of seven months later I ended up having to have two different operations so I had two operations in 48 hours at two different hospitals And it wasn't until I went back to speak to the consultants for kind of the post-op checkups that both of them spoke to me about stress and burnout and the level of stress that I had been experiencing. And I can remember saying to both of them, like, I'm not stressed, right? This is ridiculous. 
And then it was like, I had to go home and was like, okay, yeah. And, and then the more that I thought about it, when they were talking to me about all of these symptoms that had been presenting, I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty much been me for kind of two and a half years. Mm. And I think at that point, I just realized that that something had to, well, I didn't, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I was nearly gonna tell a lie there. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was time for me to make a change until in the recovery following these two operations, was laying on the sofa watching kind of mind numbing daytime TV, uh, which is just not good for anybody's recovery or anybody's health, I don't think. But I'd been lay, you know, I'd been kind of laying on the sofa watching mind numbing TV kind of all day. My sons had come in from school, they were about 12 at the time. And they sat on the coffee table in front of me. And I think my my measure of how well I was was whether or not I was able to to be at work. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think most of us do that. Yeah. If we're working, if we're well enough to work, we're not that ill. And I can remember seeing this kind of worried look on my son's face as obviously they'd kind of come in, seeing mum like just in a state on the sofa. And I was, you know, don't don't worry. Mum's going to be absolutely fine soon. I'm going to be back at work and everything's going to be okay. And they just kind of looked at each other. And one of them said to me, but mum, your job is killing you and we don't want you to go back to work. And it was like, uh, the heart wrenching, gut wrenching feet when you've got your 12 year old son telling you that your job is killing you and you've not been seeing it yourself and you were still prepared to go back to work, you know, a week or two from that point and continue pushing and continue proving and continue to show that, you know, you were still superwoman and everything's fine and you can manage all of this stuff. And yeah, well, just, you know, my 12 year old son sat in front of me like, mum, your job is killing you. And it was that point that made me realize that something needed to change quite drastically. It's funny how kids can just see so many things that we can't, hey? Like, it's so clear to them, but what an amazing realization so what happened between that point and then you writing a bunch of books and starting your own businesses and and getting to the point where you're at today yeah so I think I mean initially at that point so I had I had a couple of um I think I had a week off and then we would we would we went I think we went to Greece for for a couple of weeks on holiday and that was the first holiday that I had ever completely switched off from like I wasn't checking emails I wasn't checking phone calls I wasn't doing anything I think that was the first as I look back on it now I think that was probably the first kind of completely switched off holiday that I'd had in maybe 15 or 16 years wow and gave me a lot of kind of thinking time a lot of quality time with with my family and and ensuring I suppose that I was recovering in the way that I needed to but I think as I started to under like what had got me to that point of stress, what had made me feel the way that I was feeling. And I think there were, I suppose there were a few kind of light bulb moments, kind of epiphanies, if, if you like, that I'd begun to realize that I had been, and this is why I talk so much about this kind of living and leading from your core. I think I'd realized in the position that I was in, I had stepped so far away from who I am because I was trying to fit into actually what was quite a toxic environment and work in ways that weren't aligned to my values that you know there were behaviors going on within the organization that were so far away from anything that you would class as a healthy workplace and whilst I wasn't mirroring that that behavior I definitely felt like I had to try harder 
and use slightly different language or slightly different communication or be more kind of forceful and more abrupt in the way that I was dealing with things. And so I think the big the biggest realization was that I had stepped away from who I was at the core. And I think that had contributed to um, to some of the things that I was feeling. And, and as a result of that, I just decided that when I did go back to work, it would be me as me no kind of trying to fit no trying to change it was like this is me take me or leave me and then I think it was during that so I'd gone back to work late August and by the October I think that was when I had the realization of you just need to you know you need to be starting your own business you you know you need to be you know creating this impact on on a bigger scale I think I'd gone home. I was I was married at, at the time. Gone home and had spoken to my husband about it. He's like, you you got to wait two years. I'm, you know, I was the main breadwinner. Um, we literally just spent every penny that we had on kind of buying and doing up a house. So we had no financial cushioning whatsoever. Uh, and he was, you know, we need two years and we'll keep saving and we'll do all this. To, you know, if you want to look for another job elsewhere, that's fine. But this would and this burning sensation of you just got to get out there and start on your own so by the January I had left corporate and started on my own no financial cushion no anything and you know eight eight and a bit years later kind of here we are but I think it wasn't until I suppose left that organization and started on my own that I then discovered three of the previous HR directors had also this would have been unbeknownst to me for the kind of couple of years that I two and a half years that I've been with the organization but the three previous HR directors to me had all left because they developed really serious injuries and it was a it was a phone call that I had I was at a, a mastermind as a participant I was I was at a mastermind kind of talking about how we grow our businesses and and scale our businesses and I received a phone call from one of my old team members to tell me that my replacement had died in her sleep whilst away on the leadership residential wow and I like I just like just froze I just absolutely froze like this is five all of us I didn't know if it necessarily had anything to do with it at the time but five women four of which had all become really critically ill in this position, one who was sadly no longer with us and apparently had had no kind of prior health conditions. And I just like what is being done. And and initially it was, was, you know, we were all HR directors. Initially I reached out to the CIPD, so the awarding body for HR, to say to them, like, what are you doing to support HR professionals? Because this is ridiculous. They basically told me to just contact my employee assistance <laughs> provider as part of my benefits. Like, you know, this is an employer's issue. I was like, this right. is not like it is an employee's issue, but there is a bigger problem here. And that was then what caused me to I wanted to understand what caused my burnout. I began to believe that the levels of stress had then caused all five of us to get to the point that we had done. So I wanted to understand, you know, kind of what was causing stress the impacts on the on the body with stress, the impact on us emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, so I started to get really kind of fit in and I started with kind of a, a hypnotherapy. So I'd done kind of psychology, coaching, all of my HR and training stuff whilst I'd been whilst I've been in corporate. And I wanted to understand more about us as people 
So I started off with a hypnotherapy qualification because I knew that was kind of helping a lot directly with stress. And then I did psychotherapy and then understood about both of those, the importance of kind of neuroscience. So I started to do some neuroscience qualifications. And then I wanted to understand more about kind of the energy systems of the body and Reiki and meditation and yoga and loads and loads of kind of different things. It was like every time I kind of learned about something, there was another level. So actually, okay, so this is what impacts us from the brain perspective, but what impacts us more physically, what impacts us more energetically, where do emotions fit into this? So I I suppose I kind of went on this big quest, on this mission to, you know, no other HR director in the whole world is going to reach burnout ever because I'm, you know, I'm on this crusade to stop it all from happening. And then I burnt out again in 2015. Mm. And I, and it didn't impact me as much physically at that point but mentally it really really took its toll to the point that by the December or or Christmas Eve of 2015 I didn't want to be here anymore just what I wanted to end my entire life didn't want to be here I had these awful kind of suicidal thoughts about how I was going to end my life that day but thankfully and I I absolutely pay testament to all of the training that I'd done all of the training was you know all of these thoughts I knew I didn't want to die but I knew I had to stop these thoughts in my head. And I remember ringing my partner, my new partner and saying to him, you have to come home because I have to talk to you because I knew that I was in this primitive part of my brain Yeah, and I had to get out of that. So I just needed to talk to him. And we talked for hours, you know, well, you're not going to do it today. It's like, okay, so I'll do it tomorrow. You're not going to do it tomorrow because that's Christmas and the impact of the boys. And, you know, by the time we'd got to kind of January the 9th, I think it was in terms of like, and it was like, oh, okay, like this is what needs to change, and and this is what I need to do about it. And so I I, I am so because I don't I genuinely don't think I would have done that had I not have had the training to understand everything that was going on in my head and and kind of what it was that I needed to do about it. But again, upon reflection, we talked about you know all of the stuff that I do. Like I'm a naturally busy person, yeah. and. <laughs> any like any psychometric personality type tests that you kind of look at it's like you know works hard pushes to the limit prone to high stress right that's that's me naturally but what I really realized at that point was from going back to work up straight more or less whilst I was still recovering from my own burnout leaving corporate not having a financial cushion to really start my business off anyway. So I needed clients and I needed clients quickly. And I got my first clients within the first couple of weeks of starting my own company and then kind of all this growth and then all of this studying and and all of everything else. I had not given myself any downtime at all, really, apart from that kind of initial holiday to recover from the huge stuff that I'd been experiencing 2013 and beyond because I'd gone yeah. full into I want to fix this for everybody else and help everybody else and change the world and you know this is what this is what's you know all, this is all the stuff that's got to change and it was really at that point it was like right this is like ridiculous like you can never ever get to that point again and that's when I then started to right okay what do I need to do to prevent it how can I action it how can I then help more people in a better way rather than saying this is the theory behind everything and I can quote you textbooks and research and you know all of this stuff it was like right this is how we actually do it this is how we make it happen this is what's what's got to change I feel like that's such a common thing where someone who's leaving corporate women especially we're leaving because 
we're so stressed and we're burnt out and we do so much for the man or whatever the company is or whatever the corporation is. And we're going to work on our own and we're going to have a mission and help people and have time for our family. And then it happens and you're working 15 hours a day and you're never off your phone and you don't take a break. And the stress is even higher because there isn't a cushion and it's all on you. Mm -hmm. And it's all of that kind of stuff compounds. And then it's like, wait, did I just make a more stressful job for myself? And yeah, with, with less money, with less <laughs> money, more stress, until more, you put it around. Yeah, 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 more pressure, more. And yeah, there's a mission. And of course, it feels fulfilling to be doing that. But what advice would you give to someone who's listening who's like, that's me to take a step back and to maybe rearrange their life so that they, they take care of themselves and, and maybe address burnout? Yeah, and I think that, so that again, I think you, you kind of said in the introduction, for me, there are absolutely three things. And that's knowing and understanding who we are at the core. So who who are we? Mm. Because I think once we, so I think firstly, once we understand who we are, it's not about the people pleasing. It's not about worrying that we're going to, you know, feel it, consuming ourselves with guilt, for example, yeah. or trying to be perfectionists, right? And I watched it again recently last week, actually. There's a brilliant interview with uh, where Oprah is interviewing Brené Brown and they're talking about perfectionism. And it's like perfectionism really is like the mask for shame. Mm. And the reason we want to be so perfect is because we're so worried about what other people will think of us. And I remember watching that years ago and it was like, like, I'm a total perfectionist. But again, when I dug into that, it was because I was always worried about what other people would think. What would other people that, you know, what would other people think if I left corporate? What would other people think if I couldn't make the business work? What would other people think if I wasn't making the money? What would other people think if I wasn't doing this or I wasn't doing this or I wasn't doing this? So I kind of had this this ultimate drive for perfection. And, and I think when we know who we are, not because we're doing stuff to please other people or to worry about other people, but when we really, really know who we are, what's important to us, our values and everything that we stand for, mm-hmm. from there, we can then set better boundaries. So actually, if family or self-care or, you know, if money is in, you know, whatever, whatever your driver is that's keeping you going, that's the stuff that you make the time for. Mm-hmm. You take time out for yourself. You have these non-negotiable boundaries and you don't feel guilty about saying, no, I can't do that. You don't feel guilty about switching off or, you know, again, I, I, talked to, I don't really have a, a, a kind of medium flow right I'm either 500 miles an hour or, or kind of completely switched me, off 100 like, percent yeah. Like, yeah and so I get you like I've, I've recognized that in myself and I had a couple of years because everybody around me was telling me that if I continued to push again I would get to burnout and I kept believing that because that's where I'd been not just once but twice this right you can't you can't push you can't push you can't push but actually for me not pushing goes against who I am so then I get more stressed yeah also you know I should be switching off now I should be doing this I should be doing this and that sends me in even more sort of a panic right so if yeah. I stop before I'm ready and I'm sat I don't know watching tv or sat in the garden or having a conversation with someone I'm like oh I need to do that need to do that, yep. need to do that. so I've given myself permission to go 500 miles an hour four days a week and the rest of the time I can chill. That doesn't mean I still don't do work because I'm, yep. again, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I'm growing, you know, I'm, I'm growing a successful business. I'm working with, with incredible clients, but I have four days a week where I work. I give myself permission for the other three days to stop. It's exactly how I schedule mine too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's one of my non-negotiable boundaries. Another yeah. non-negotiable boundary is that I take my lunch every day. Another non-negotiable boundary is, is that, you know, we'll always have dinner at a set time every night. Another non-negotiable boundary is that I, I go out with a dog every morning. So Wow, create... are we the same? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, there you go. But, you know, it's it's having those things. So, and I, and I suppose me finding the things that allow me to process all of those thoughts. So actually out walking the dog in the morning, there's just me and her. We don't see anybody else at all. You know, when, when we go for a work, it's me and her in amongst nature with, you know, deer or rabbits or pheasants or, you know, whatever it is, it's kind of right, but it's just me and her. Yep. And that's our time. And that helps me to chill a bit. My lunchtime is me. And then I ensure that I, I take some time in the evening. So I think when we know who we are and we can set those boundaries for ourselves. And for me, again, that's boundaries which clients do I want to work with? Yeah. What do I want my messaging to be? How much time do I want to spend on social media? What am I outsourcing to people? Um, what decisions am I making? Who do I want to have conversations with? And who do I not want to have conversations with? Who do I know is an absolute, you know, kind of brain picker that's, oh, we should have coffee. And basically that to just pick means, your brain. <laughs> yeah, I want to pick your brain and work for free for an hour. But I'll buy the coffee. <laughs> You know, so so again, I think, you know, being able to recognize that, being able to build the right relationships with the right people, boundaries, even in terms of like the support team that I've got around me. So yeah. who have I got in my corner? Who are my cheerleaders and who am I cheerleading for? Boundaries around who I share ideas with. Right. And I'm sure you've you've probably been in a similar position and probably oh, yeah. to everybody, everybody oh, yeah. listening. Right? I've got this brilliant idea. And then I go to share it with somebody that's like not my ideal client, doesn't understand why I still haven't gone back to corporate. Probably doesn't know what you do salary. fully. No, no. But I'm like, I've got this brilliant idea. And they're like, oh, no, should we just like, no, you don't you like you don't want to be doing that. And then like all of your energy just like fizzles away. And you're like, yeah. oh, no, that's probably a rubbish idea. But then you wake up with the same idea the following day. And it's like, it's brilliant. And you go back and share it with the same people and they're like, no. So like even having boundaries around who to share ideas with. That's been a right? big one who for to me. Yeah. Have those kind of conversations with. Yeah. Ensuring that you've got all of all of those things in place. So once you know who you are and you've got those boundaries, then you take the time for yourself. Yeah. That's so important. And, and, and like you mentioned, yeah. having having those people like we're both part of a, a club called we should all be millionaires and I talk yeah, about it a lot yeah. on this podcast like when I'm a millionaire and when but like uh, the people who I used to share that with like in corporate even was just like because <laughs> that's not a possibility in in a corporate job right you're never going to be a millionaire even that is just like so dim like <sighs> yeah I guess I'm not you know I guess it's not possible I guess I was put here to not just be a slave to the corporate world yeah. or whatever you know yeah. it just we have dreams for a reason and they are put in our mind and our ideas keep coming because mm -hmm. we're meant to execute on them and so yeah. you're perfect exactly what you said we're sharing them with not our ideal client of course they're not going to understand yeah yeah um, and I just you know but and it, I and I do think that is really really in, important because I I talk a lot about managing our energy instead of managing our time yeah because I think like we will all have different lives different responsibilities different priorities you know varying different things that go on in our in our businesses and and our lives um so I think you know while some people say it's quite a, a kind of brush away comment we all have 24 hours in a day you know you should be 
you know, like Elon Musk status billionaire and, and stuff by now. And uh, I think we've got to like really like, yes, we all have 24 hours in a day. We actually, you know, might only have an hour a day to yourself. You might only have 10 minutes a day to yourself because of different priorities, different life, different career, all of those sorts of things. And different health status. Absolutely. From my perspective and and what I work with a lot of clients on, I think if we stop trying to manage time, I speak to so many, I haven't got time for this, I haven't got time for that, I haven't got time for that. Let's forget about the time for that. Let's talk about the energy. Mm. Because if we can get you to a point where you have the energy to do the stuff, then you can make it happen. So how are you spending your energy that will then allow you to be more productive. And that does mean more breaks. That does mean, you know, maybe paying attention to the things that you do at at what point in the day, you know, again, as as part of the yoga stuff that I've done, like I'm hugely, I'm total geek out when it comes to the kind of Ayurvedic side of yoga. So kind of the sister science of yoga in terms of kind of the Ayurveda stuff, like I'm total geek out on that. But when it talks about cycles and cycles of the day and the week and the month and the seasons and, you know, different energy that we have at different points of the day, depending on kind of our dosha and all of those sorts of things. And you're a pitta, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it, 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 you know, but I, and there's also, you know, if that sounds a bit too woo woo for anybody, mm-hmm. there's also, um, I want to say it's Daniel Pink. I'm sure it's Daniel Pink who wrote the book When. Okay. And from a business perspective, again, that talks about different times of the day where you should be signing contracts, having meetings, um, speaking to your team, dealing with administrative tasks, dealing with the strategic tasks. So even from a like big corporate perspective, there are times of the day that are better suited 100%. to doing certain tasks based on the, the type of person that you are and, you know, kind of what gives you energy. So if we could all manage our energy that would ultimately allow us to manage our time more effectively and ultimately would allow us to either get more done or take more time out yeah. or a mix of both. And yeah. I, we, we forget a lot of that stuff because we're constantly fighting time, worrying them that we don't have enough, then feeling guilty because we don't have enough, then beating ourselves up because this to-do list is, you know, the size of, <laughs> I don't know, a football pitch or, or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm so awful and I'm so rubbish and, it's like, no, let's just start to take it back. Yeah. And for me, that all starts with who we are at our core. A hundred percent. And then we start to kind of move everything else forward from there. That was a really long rambly answer. No, I love it. I, I was just having a conversation with my business coach yesterday about how I just constantly feeling overwhelmed. And, it, and she's like, okay, what can we take out of your schedule? Like, let's think of something we can take out. And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's nothing. She's like, that's bullshit. I'm like, no, like literally like, I have for the summer next to almost everything taken it out of my schedule. It's like blank slate, but I still feel overwhelmed. And then we realize it's because I don't have a goal right now. I'm not creating. I'm not working. I'm not pushing. And I'm the person who wants to. I love that, but I'm not doing it because everyone was telling me and I was telling myself I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. It's okay. So I took everything out that part of me that is lit on fire and in flow and energy is when I'm creating. So I can't just take it all away and re- and, and like wonder why I'm not relaxed. It's because that part of me is not being fulfilled. So it's like, you don't always have to take stuff away, but it's getting to know who you are at your core. That's such a beautiful yeah. message. Yeah, it was such totally. an eye-opening thing for me. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you said, right? You've So in effect, what you're being told to do, that's the is you're being told to take away the stuff that energizes you. Right. So yeah, you or take I'm even away telling myself. To. Yeah. So 
you take away the stuff that energizes you and then you're like oh, I've got no energy and, and why is and everything again, why you know, is groceries overwhelming well duh because nothing's making me excited again right yeah no yeah, who wants completely. to do groceries yeah completely so we need that stuff that gives us the energy right we need the stuff that gives us the fire in our bellies again there's you know there's healthy stress there's we get to unhealthy levels of stress there's lots of different sorts of rest that we need but if yeah if we're not doing the stuff that really kind of lights us up and makes us feel good yeah like it's no wonder that we're all walk, walking around like totally knackered totally overwhelmed totally exhausted just like oh can't be bothered yeah. because yeah. so many of us are literally just going through the list ticking things off getting more and more bored and more and more withdrawn and having more of our energy sucked out of us yeah. but you know but if I said to you right just go and do what, what like one hour now or something that makes you feel really incredible like an hour from now you'd be oh like 10,000 ideas and exactly. oh, this is this is amazing and this is amazing and this is you know life is good I'm great everything feels fantastic and then you you know and then you'd be able to go on with it where if I you know if I said right just sit and do your to-do list or whatever it's like <laughs> Yeah. And same amount of time, exactly the same amount yeah. of time, but a very, very different energy that you bring to it. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool to incorporate the sick side of things. So if someone has a chronic illness or a mental illness or whatever it is, their time might really, they don't have 24 hours because they need to sleep for 12 or 10 or whatever, but yeah, having something completely. that fulfills you, that gives you energy and then managing the time you have or, or managing your energy is so much more important than the actual time when you have those important yeah. boundaries in place. Yeah. Yeah. And it absolutely. becomes easier too. Like, you know, the guilt, like for me on a Friday, when someone's like, can you, I, I can only do Friday. I'm like, nope, sorry. Where before I was like, nope, sorry. <laughs> you know? And now I'm like, yeah. no, absolutely. Like I can't. That's it. Yeah. 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 And it makes a really big change. You know, so many of us, again, we've got that people plate, you know, I can only do Friday. And inside, you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, but I want to please you. So I will fit you in. Like when it, again, when it comes to boundaries and managing your energy, that is all about energy management. You know, it's it's all about energy management because if you're doing, again, if you're always agreeing to do things that you don't want to do, that sucks the life out of you. Yeah, it really does suck the life out of you. And, and you are really giving your power away to other people. Yeah, every time you put them ahead of you. And for me, that's, like, that's a really, really important part of boundary setting, you know, lots, lots of women that I work with, are like, Oh, you know, I, I can't set boundaries, I'm really rubbish at saying no to people. And I'm like, it's so much more than saying no. It is. So let's talk about it from an energy perspective. Let's talk about it from a power perspective. Or let's, you know, let's find the language, right? Every time you say yes to somebody else, what do you feel you're losing or giving or compromising? So we can even, you know, translate it into something that relates to them and then get them to see the importance of, of having the boundaries in place. And it's, yeah. like, and it is honestly like you can see the light bulb, like you can see the light bulbs turning on, like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Right. And you automatically start to reclaim some of that power. You're like, I, I can do this. I get text messages. Like I set a boundary today. And it's like brilliant. Fantastic. Well done, you. And it's like saying yes to someone when you don't want to, is saying no to your child or saying, I mean, no to yourself. But, you know, if if someone is more flexible with themselves, but no to your child, no to whoever, to whatever yeah. that, that's important to them. That's cool. Yeah. A, yeah, a question completely. that I have that keeps like I keep wanting to ask you is so yeah. how many books have you published already? 
so Mind the Gap was my fifth. And all since leaving corporate? Yeah, yeah. How do you manage that while owning a business and doing all the other things? Do you set aside time that you write or how are you, how do these books come to fruition? Uh, so the, again, lots of kind of the, and they've come in, in different ways, really. So the very first one that I, that I did, so I was like, can't, can't write a book, have nothing to write about, just left corporate, right? It's totally and utterly boring. But I was doing some work with a guy and we were, um, I think he'd written kind of three and we were um, organizing event or organizing an event together for young entrepreneurs. So to kind of, how could they be, changing their mindset, thinking differently, what, what could kind of help them succeed? And he's like, books are the new business card. You need to write a book. I was like, I've got nothing to write a book about. And I, he and I talked for about 20 minutes and he was like, okay, so what could you take from corporate that would be really useful uh, for kind of entrepreneurs? So I wrote the first one. I probably did it, I don't know, three or four weeks. No sent way. it out to wow. a few friends. I was like, does this sound really rubbish? And they're like, no, it sounds great. Here's a couple of amends and, and just kind of self-published that one to really like he said, like, just we're just going to give them out as business cards. Right. Yeah. This is this like books are the new business card. This is what you need to do. I then um, a couple of years later was a friend of mine had actually written a book. Uh, there's a, a series of books called What's Your Excuse? Uh, my friend had been asked to write the book about what's your excuse for not being better with money. Mm. and because again because of the kind of learning and stuff that I had the the editor the publisher had wanted to do one about kind of overcoming stress like why why is everybody getting so stressed so stressed out why are we not changing it why are we not doing anything about it and she um, had spoken to I think five or six different people but hadn't felt they could put the book enough of the right way so I had a conversation with her uh, she's like, well, perfect. Absolutely. Yes. Cause it's actionable. There's stuff that we can do, write the book. Um, I think she gave me kind of, I think, I think we had about six weeks to first cut, which I did. The other two I was then approached about. So they um, were with an organization called business expert press. So there's, there were a couple of guys there. So basically they kind of, I suppose they're more, I want to say I I couldn't write a textbook but I think they're more kind of business focused that focus on kind of MBA students in in the in the states so I was asked to write two for them so I wrote two for them and then this one the latest one was was the same I'd love to say yes I schedule regular time in my diary to write and I do like writing is for me it's one of those things that I can just completely lose myself in so if Mm. you know if I've got a day clear I can just write uh, sometimes that's content sometimes that's articles sometimes that's blogs sometimes it's a book chapter but writing yeah for me is just I don't know it's just it just helps me clear everything out but I had been putting off so Mind the Gap first came to my mind in 2019 and I kind of had written a few, few chapters but I was so resistant with this one I think because I knew if I was going to write it I had to include everything kind of to do with my burnout and I was like nobody want to read that and because nobody had asked me to write this book right it was just kind of off my own back yeah no yeah nobody had asked me to do it I didn't have a deadline so of course I didn't really need to write the stuff that I didn't want to write because I had nobody kind of pressing me and and saying to do it so I, I think I had the chap the title for it in 2019 2020 of course would have been perfect 
didn't want to, had lots of other things that I was going to do, said I'd have it done by 2021 and didn't. And then I did, um, I was hosting an empowerment day for women in London in June, a couple of weeks ago. And I wanted to give everybody that attended a copy of my book that I hadn't yet written. Uh, went back to the work with a copywriter who had done the kind of editing, which is an editor, not a copywriter. Went back to my editor who'd done my very first book back in 2014 to say, how quickly could you <laughs> edit a book? She's like, how far along are you? I was like, I haven't written it yet. Um, and we got, uh, we literally got the copies delivered uh, three days before the event but I wow. yeah that was kind of full-on so that was me writing editing and everything and I think we did it in about six weeks wow so you're a pressure makes diamonds type of woman <laughs> yeah I just and again I've always been like that right if you yeah, said me to me you know if you said to me now you've got you've got a year to prepare for a podcast interview I'll be you know 10 minutes beforehand I'm like oh what do I need to know right I yeah. just uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely. And again, because I know that is my natural state, I used to stress about the fact, even when I was in corporate. And again, when I first started, you know, when I, when I first started the business, I used to stress about the fact that if I had a long timeline for something and I wasn't doing it in manageable chunks, I used to really beat myself up about the fact you should have done something on that today. You should have done something on that this week you're terrible, you're a failure, you haven't done this, you said you'd do some of this this week and you haven't. I can let all of that go because I know I'm a last minute person type of person. So actually, this will take me three or four days. It's got to be in by Friday. Let's block Monday to Thursday out beforehand. Yeah. That's and then not, how not put works. pressure on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to worry about it for six months beforehand, knowing that I haven't done anything on a daily basis because that's just not how I work. And exactly. So, again, it's how a boundary. I've given, it is it's brilliant. I've given myself permission to know that I'm a last minute type person. Yeah. And so I can just go full in for however many days I think it's going to take. Does that sometimes include some really long days and some really long nights? Yes. Do I ensure then that I allow myself the time afterwards to chill out a bit or stop mm. or do something nice for myself or do something really energizing? Yes. Yeah. And that's what I work into my diary. And that's the beauty of owning your own business, right? And and finding that out about yourself. And I think that's this is podcast is helping me a lot too, because I've been doing a lot of the like, oh, I should be working on this. Like I want to write a book myself. And I haven't written anything because I don't have, you know, there's no reason to. And so I'm like, I should be writing a little bit here and there. And I should, I should, I should, I should. And then the to-do list that is never ending all the time yeah. where you yeah. know, it's just like always there because there's other things pressing that I do and, and that leave things till the end. And I was always like in university and corporate everywhere. Like I can finish something quickly, but if there's no reason to, it's going to take you forever. Yeah, so again, like, what's the point? Like, if, and again, I think so many of us are like that. If there is no reason for it. And I've, I've, and I've started to look at that in a lot of the time. Like there are still things in my, but like I haven't delegated everything. There are still some things in the business administrative wise that I just know I have to do. Right. It's my, do they give me energy? No. Yeah. Could I put them off time and time and time and time again? Yes. But again, I recognize that I, I had to give them a purpose, right? Yeah. If I do not do this, 
maybe it's gonna I don't know maybe it's something that impacts the cash flow of my business or maybe it's something that impacts my accounting Mm. all of those things I've been able to link back to my clients right so there's no cash flow I can't hire the venue for next year's empowerment event because there's no there's no money in the bank to be able to book that in advance to be able to serve more people at, at the event if I don't deal with my accounting then that might have a bigger I might not have a business here to be able to help my clients going forwards yeah um so I've kind of I, I think again I've got to the point where everything has a reason so even the stuff that I hate doing with it like I'm definitely not any kind of an admin person like checking like even my emails I agree too. right it's like oh, <laughs> I just oh, I really don't want to do my emails however there could be emails in that inbox that are about helping more people there could be emails in that inbox that are about reaching more people there could be emails in that inbox from my clients that I have promised to serve and said that they can contact me and do and do all of this sort of stuff so guess what I do my emails yeah and I can deal with it positively because I know it's all adding to that to that end goal rather than looking at my inbox and just I'm going to deal with like that can wait till tomorrow Mm. I, I put it that. off today and then I it'll grow again by tomorrow by tomorrow I don't want to touch it by yeah. Friday I'm not getting anywhere near it you know I, you know I could have been missing out on helping people supporting people responding to people or reaching people so I know yeah. it's something that I have to do yeah and also learning how to delegate some of the things that like really they just never end up getting done that's something I've been yeah. handing over to my team and really just like that's what they're there for. And, and although it can yeah. be stressful because when we own our businesses, that means like, and, and like you mentioned, the perfectionist side of things. And mm. I always see a balance between perfectionism. I see the shameful side, but also the side of like, yeah. I'm proud of the things that I do and I want people yeah. to do them in a way, a certain way. And that's okay too, right? And just like, it's an ebb and flow between all of it. And just back to the energy thing, finding a place where you're energized, where you're in flow, where you're happy. And that yeah. doesn't have to look like anyone else's daily schedule or anyone else's no. life. No, yeah. no. And again, that. again, that was a really big realization for me. And actually people that have, have kind of read the book and, and commented on it, actually what they really like about it is the fact that there's, there is no one size fits all. Like I'm not saying you have to follow this framework, this deadline, this, it, because again, when you know who you are at the core, that's your starting point. Exactly. You're not me. I'm not you. I'm not anybody else. We might have similarities, right? As, you know, as we were talking a few minutes ago, it was like, are we the same person? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, okay. Yeah. Fine. Right. We, so we, we've got those similarities. Yeah. But again, there might be different things that work for you that work 100%. for me based on lifestyles and experiences and thinking and clients and, and all of that. Sort of stuff. So, yeah. 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 So even with the, you know, even with the similarities that we found together, if I were to say to you, you must do this, 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 and this, again, you'd probably be sat there thinking, well, why can't I get this to work? Right. Why is it not working? Because Kelly told me this is what it was that I have to do. And then again, we go into that beating ourselves up because I should be able to fit this framework. I should be able to fit this model. I must be the failure if this way isn't working for me when it's working for everybody else yeah and that's not that's not the starting point you are the starting point I'm the starting point anybody listening is the starting point yeah and that's where we create from that's so beautiful I love this conversation it's so good I think it's going to help so many people that was amazing and and the floor is yours is there anything like I know your book is available on Amazon but is there any programs or coaching or anything you'd like to promote 
I've always got stuff. Always got stuff. Uh, I suppose. I suppose from a from a program perspective, yeah, I've got. I'm doing a series of unstoppable women's one day virtual workshops. The first is taking place in October this year. But again, I think so. I mentioned the kind of one day empowerment event that I do. Um, that's in person. That's going to remain in person. I'm not changing it. I'm not tweaking it. Again, I've been asked by people from lots of different places all over the world, like, will you do something online? And I was adamant that the power up had to stay in person. I wasn't shifting on that at all. Uh, but I have, again, I've, I've been listening. So yeah, I'm going to do, a, there's a series of kind of five different workshops, kind of all empowerment. So there's one, again, how to, you know, stop managing time, start managing your energy. I've got one about, you know, kind of making your inner critic, your inner cheerleader. Uh, I've got one that is all about empowerment. I've got what's the there's two others and I can't think of the names of them but yes there is there is that series which again I'm I'm excited about you know to be able to just help help people in a in a slightly different way but yeah so they are yeah they're all on the website but yeah and the website will be linked in the show notes below so will be your Instagram so will be your LinkedIn and everyone can join your newsletter and it was amazing having you and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast too that's gonna be fun yes we're gonna be speaking soon we're gonna be speaking soon so yeah So that will be you doing more of the talking and me doing more of the listening. Yeah. So if you guys want to go over and listen to her podcast, make sure you subscribe. It's Core Led Women. And then you can hear me in a, I don't know, a few months, maybe. I don't know how far in advance you record, but we're recording mid-August. So make sure you guys go listen and and then you can hear me there eventually. (laughs) Absolutely. But thank you so much. It's been so lovely talking to you. You too, Kelly. Thank you. Remember, dream big. It's possible for you. And your next version of success is around the corner. Bye. 